Are we doing the clap? Sure, let's do the clap. One, two, three. Oh, I think our internet is way better because our claps were much closer together in my ears. Good work, internet. Good work, internet. Hi, you're listening to the Urgy Podcast. This is part two, so if you want to listen to part one, you can find that at smallwoodenshoe.org or just on your iTunes, but I'm going to stop very quickly because I'm just recording off the speakers on my computer, and and for future reference, you should never do that, but uh, when you're on the road, stuff's got to happen. All right. Enjoy the show. Uh, so in continuing to talk, so we're, we're framing the conversation with an article that Stella Duffy wrote for the stage.co.uk. Um, on four ways to make arts for everyone, not just the chosen few. And and so the next the next one after after if you've got, you know, national in your name, live up to it, the next part of that is stop with the excellence, which feels like we mentioned feels like the most controversial of of these things, because at least for me, as a professional, you know, out contemporary, I'm, I'm doing a lot of air quotes, if you can't see those on the radio, if those aren't coming through the podcasting voice, doing a lot of air quotes. Uh, and, but so for a long time, I've been, you know, when I'm at the Art Council, the, you know, the, when they, when they ask us our opinion about things, um, consultations as a consultant I should have that word a little closer to the tip of my tongue but at the consultations uh, I've often in the past been the person arguing for excellence right that excellence was the defense of the experimental in a certain way because it meant that things should be judged on more than their popularity or on more than their number of participants and box office numbers and well, and you need receipts. to know the rules to be able to break them. Sure, but it was also a way to say, like, why is why is this big, giant, popular thing f- funded, and this small indie thing, and they're actually getting about the same amount of money, and not even indie, but outsider, and the answer could be excellence, right? They are both excellent at what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, and so when any other measures have been brought in into how arts funding should get decided, I'm usually in the camp that is like excellence, 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 because that is what protected me. Well, and ex- I, I'm still, I'm sorry, I'm still in favor of excellence. Um, I'm still in favor of excellence as a part of the conversation. The point that's made in this article that I, that I do appreciate is we know that any engagement is good for people yeah um and excellence without dialogue is a is a or and not dialogue even but excellence without some form of engagement or interaction um is is what is what bothers me um because i feel like as art as people who provide excellence i I certainly like to think that of Alberta Theatre Projects. As people who, who provide excellent arts experiences, um, the ex- it, that's what I mean. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. And 
for me and what, what we're trying to get closer and closer to is the ability for there to be more uh, actual uh, exchange and interaction. Um, and and it's tricky because it's... I, we're, not at that, we're not at that point necessarily where um, people are engaged in art making with us um, exactly, but I, I don't want there to be a, a sense of barrier because um, that that's that's where that's where it starts to feel like it's on some sort of pedestal mm-hmm. or where it starts to feel like I, I don't know what it's doing for anyone except in a sort of theoretical um, uh, uh, you know echo chamber mm-hmm. that that idea of it is what is what kind of bothers me and especially if you're doing contemporary work it can't be in an echo chamber it's it's uh, it has to it has to actually engage with the world around it and how we do that and i think how some of us that are that are that are used to engaging so much in the actual in the work itself um how we then open it up to actual honestly valuable engagement with the audience or real interaction with the audience or that's that's where it, that's the tricky part because that requires something of us that requires something else of us a certain level of um a flexibility and generosity that we have to maintain some energy uh, from that at like after we've made the work to actually engage so there's like excellence excellence and actual engagement both require a lot they require a lot and i've realized that recently and you know try to maintain some energy for it but it's you know and it's it's interesting too like how how many people how many people still and maybe this is a canadian thing i'm not sure don't even necessarily i mean how many people even know the difference between us and a commercial company or uh or sometimes even us in a in a community theater a community theater company uh, they should but i've had a few people who who were sort of surprised to hear that we're a not-for-profit theater company and we're like a 43 year old major regional theater so you know even when i think about how people view us or view the experience of coming to our theater sometimes i mean we're we're locked in this feeling because we have a lot of dialogue with arts councils um that it's obvious to everybody else in the universe um who we are and what we're doing and what our place is in the arts ecology but the reality is to the average person, some of them may know that, but a lot of them don't necessarily. They're coming to see something the same way they come to see anything. And, and maybe that's part of the problem or, or part one of the interesting things about where we sit. Yeah, I think one of the things that I think about it, because I'm also still clearly in favor of things being better, right? I mean, I, I, would, I would now replace, for me, there's this thing around excellence to rigor Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what what is actually being said, or what I take as a as a value out of this, is is that there are different kinds of excellence, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that that's important in in thinking about anything of quality. That that I'm in favor of rigor, and and also to know that if you are into a sort of Robert Wilson kind of aesthetic excellence that takes so much attention and focus that he's not excellent at 
community outreach. That is not a thing that Robert Wilson's shows contain excellence in. And then somebody who's excellent at community outreach and engaging with, uh, you know, a specific population to give them a super meaningful experience. That person is so, you know, careful about process excellence that product ex- excellence sort of matters less, mm-hmm. right? That's not the point. Um, and that, and that sort of mat those, those differences and that not every show need to have the same form of excellence and that that be articulate, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's not, and that's the danger. I think that Stella Duffy is really talking about here is that when, you know, when, everything has to be excellent in the same way uh, that, that there is one shape that a Canadian play looks like or a theater experience. Oh, but aren't we, aren't we past that though? I think we are. I think, I think it's not, we're not as far past that. In our funding model. Yeah. And even I think in, in just sort of the frame, lots of frames of reference. I mean, I think theater, you know, that it is this big category that, you know, and it's true, people are just going to a night out, you know, they don't care so much about categorization. I think they carry, they, you know, different people care about different things going out. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Uh, <coughs> but Some mostly people, people want to have a good experience. <laughs> they want to have yeah. a, a, uh, whatever kind of experience they, you know, that be, that being fulfilled ideally with a sense of surprise included in that, right? Like not fulfilled mm-hmm. in exactly the same way that they thought it was going to be fulfilled, but surprised a little, um, you know, that, yeah, that the excellence is, is a different kind of thing. I think it's, I think it is certainly rhetorically past, but I think there is still a way that in these conversations about what, like I think in theater there is a mainstream still in Canadian theater Mm -hmm. in the way that there almost isn't in any other artistic practice or business for that matter. Sort of area of life is, there is still a, a mainstream and and to try to say that with as little judgment as possible, but I think that there's still, people still talk about the audience in a way that I don't hear in other areas where there's finding specific people, right? There's a talk about the generalized theater audience. Mm-hmm. And, and an assumption of that full-time employment from people who have gone through a certain steps of of growth right mm-hmm. whether that's like went to went to the national theater school and then worked for companies and then uh, you like there's still a a a majority position in a way that really i think so really yeah. I don't know, man. No? I feel like even internally, 
and I, and I think everyone is still excellent, man. Excellence yeah, is sure. everywhere. But I feel like I feel like you know, back when people started like seizing the means of production in a weird way, like or I, I mean, that's me being yeah, sure, uh, a bit uh, uh, like uh, exaggerating for to make a point, but. I feel like now most people come out of schools and start making their own work or touring their own work or <laughs> like, I, I feel like there's, but both they're still of those coming in, out both of schools, those impulses, right? They're still, sh- sure. They're still, yeah, I guess they're still and, coming out of schools. And the more, and the more connected you are coming out of your school, mm-hmm. which is why one goes to school. Yeah. Um, especially sort of, and to of the learn post. and to learn uh, <laughs> that too. But men but, can get connected, yeah. But also I think that problem, I think where I see some of that mainstreaming is actually in the schools. Oh, okay. Right? That the right, training right, yeah. is all basically the same across most, like, you know, and please write in to tell us about all the freakish, cool training opportunities in Canada because I'd love to hear about them. Uh, so I think it is true that there's there's now this normal thing of coming up. But I... How many people would drop those indie companies if you offered them a job? Like, how much is that indie company actually a shift in the means of production versus a shift in the just vast number of students being produced and a lack of opportunity? I don't know where I'm going with this in terms of excellence, but I think that the that there's a you know there's a whole bunch of problems that hit around a bunch of people thinking they should be professional and then a bunch of people who are never would never think about going to theater school like i think the the most provocative part of of the everyone's an artist john littlewood stuff is that why would you go to school for this mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and how do we think about the person the the person who doesn't go to school. And I think those people are often going now. They're not ending up in theater in any way, right? They're YouTube stars. And they're, like, they found other means yeah. to be an amateur theater. I understand why that is <laughs> potentially a frustrating thing. Uh, but, but where is the excellence in any of the sort of performance making art stuff that is outside of having gone to a university, having done that basic training? Because then I think there's real, you know, there's real class problems and who can afford unpaid internships and all of that. Like, mm-hmm. I do think that stuff is there and I think it shapes what excellence looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's one of my it's one of my biggest frustrations. Um that's one of my biggest frustrations with certain programs is that um <clears throat> we that we still expect what we still expect of people. Um yeah, what we still expect of people coming out of coming out of school or coming out of, coming out of any out of anywhere to, you know, spend time spend time with us. I mean, and it is a you know, I do you do make a choice when you decide to live the particular life that we're living, which, you know, speaks to stop treating artists like we're special. Yeah, which um, is the next one. Well, thank God I kept the box. Yeah. Receipt and everything. Yeah. Um, so yes, so into the 
that 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 this excellence thing does then convert into her final her final point of the stop treating artists like we're special. Yeah. Do you remember the sentence I said just before I just before the static? Um or what I was saying? Cuz I could pick up on that. Uh, I think you were talking about schools and people coming out of schools and no, I could go back and listen, but I think I started getting distracted by the, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, the choice people make in life. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do think that people, anyone who decides to devote their time, most of their time to artist to art and to try to make a career out of it, um, has chosen, has chosen a particular way of, of being. Yep. <laughs> and, um, and I, Hey, I'm not necessarily saying it's special cause that's where it gets, that's where I think it does get a bit onerous from time to time, mm-hmm. but it is, uh, it is, it is an extraordinarily different way of, of being in the, in the world, Absolutely. I feel like sometimes. And, um, and so while I don't think, you know, and I agree that, you know, I agree with what's said in this article about, you know, we're taxpayers and community members too. And, um, and voters who have the same sort of power as any other voter. <laughs> yeah. um, I, there is, there is something about the choice to devote your, your life to this that I think uh, requires something different than people who, the same way that being a doctor requires um, something different. Requires something different. Mm-hmm. It requires something different. It requires a great deal of time. It requires a certain um, temperament. <clears throat> um, it requires an ability to not be uh, not be uh, not faint at the sight of blood, like I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so you know, they are different. Um, my brother and his wife are nurses, both of them. Um, they, they've decided to do something different. They're, they're like the shift work is much different. I mean, there's a lot of people who choose to do something. Um, and everybody who chooses to do something <laughs> and really devote themselves to, to something that's, that's specialized. Um, there is something, uh, unique certainly about the, about, the way what they've chosen to focus on, and um, if I was, if I was a, yeah, I mean, if if I was an an artist first and a nurse second, um, I it's it's just this is where it kind of falls apart for me. I'm not saying that anyone who who does who 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 t- does singing lessons or um, takes dance lessons or 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 finds their way to, or or loves to paint loves to paint with their time or even you know one of my favorite things is is going and seeing people like going to the farmer's market at Millerville which is just outside of Calgary um and there's folks there who are who've been farmers their entire lives there's like Hutterites and mm-hmm. and people who farm that's what they do and then there's people who clearly were doing something else for quite a while and then decided to go farm and that you know, even when I think about farming, for that matter, there's another lifestyle that one yep. chooses to have. And so, <clears throat> is that that to me 
is um, is something special. And when you're but when you're sharing, and the the point the thing is is that like I do feel like there's great value in in those choices, and I feel like there's great value in sharing those choices with other people. Um, and there's a lot of hard ways to choose to eat, live one's life, <laughs> yes. or there's a lot of difficult passions that you can follow yep. and try to make a life in. And arts is one of them. And sure. um, and it's true that we have a we have councils to support us. Um, and other people have other degree. mechanism. You know, doctors Absolutely. have also have health councils. And yeah, the the so the. The place where, and maybe this is a ridiculous comparison in terms of medicine, uh, but if they were like, if doctors, it's how do you encourage people to, as well as go see their doctor, also feel empowered, educated, and capable of doing preventative health care, taking care of themselves, yeah, not you know, not going and watching doctors behave and like being like, oh, that's what health is. Mm -hmm. uh, like there's a, there's a weird decoupling that I think other, you know, I've seen, I've seen other countries with stronger amateur theater, like yeah. where amateur theater is very, very good. Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't, you know, and most theater in Toronto is in fact amateur theater. If if you take a mathematical approach, mm -hmm. um, and so this so, anyways, this is not the that's old stuff in my head that isn't so interesting to me. Uh, what is like this idea that so working at Banff that leadership is a thing that is held in relation, and so I think art is making art, doing art is also held in relation. And not in a genius, like not is not that I am an artist is aligned with a bunch of values and traits even in myself mm -hmm. that we have to different degrees. And I mean, one of the very interesting things that that we were working on was trying to articulate those things and getting to places where we'll talk about an, a comfort with ambiguity, an ability to deal with, if not seek out paradox, um, searching for questions rather than answer. You know, we looked at some of the things that might be more special to the arts than to other fields, right? So every everybody engaged in leadership needs to be a good communicator. That's a big vague thing. Um, what does that look like? And so those are those are things that, you know, a person could have better than me, right? A person could be more comfortable with ambiguity, have a better sense of paradox, all of those things. But also somebody could have all those things, be very actively using them, and also have a job as a, mm -hmm. you know, maybe not as a nurse, because that's another sort of vocation, but, and sucks up a huge amount of time. Yeah. But I do... I do think I am at the point of thinking that the world would be a better place both for artists and art and the society, maybe, if, if there was some better way to deal with, like, one, that the doing is good and important, that there is excellence of experience, and that there are a bunch of different ones. 
and that if the sort of mainstream of of culture in at least in theater in Canada I'm trying to locate as much as possible was was more open to that and maybe it's an impo- maybe I am conflating what two different organizations should do right or two different people should be doing but I do see this as you know both you know it the the an art that are, that we are special that I am special as an artist like yes I've absolutely made some life choices that <laughs> have consequences and those consequences are consequences that a bunch of other people would be totally unhappy with <laughs> it would be unbearable you know whether that's the amount of money we make the the hours the, we the hours we work <clears throat> uh, the lack of stability all of those things are unacceptable to tons and tons of people and to me on some days but i've made that choice um in favor of agency i mean i've even made it inside the arts where i've dance makers was really the only time where i was a staff person for a different arts organization other than the one that i ran so i've really highlighted agency <laughs> as like the thing that I want and yeah and I think people do that and go into other fields as well right that that's I don't know where I'm going with this but it is it is that there is a set of skills and interests that are more likely to lead us into being artists but how do we encourage that in people who aren't going to do that full time, who just can't Mm -hmm. do that full time because of resources, because of interests. Like they also like nursing and they also don't, you know, faint at blood. And maybe they don't like people who work in the theater because we're all jerks, like whatever. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think it's it's a tricky because it all it, our jobs depend on and these arguments, and that's what feels scary about making them in the arts for everyone. It's like, but if the arts are for everyone, is it spread too thin that I won't? <laughs> there won't be enough to keep me me who are professional, who don't want to be having another job, who want to give as much of my time to looking for better questions as I can. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, you know, the, the other point that's being made here is um, in this article is, is that, you know, p- part of it is that we're, we're not edu- the, the round, the sort of roundness of our education has been sort of threatened. Right. You know, that, yep. that none of us are, uh, and even my own perceptions of my own boundaries, which have shifted recently because I'm an artist, right? So I right. shouldn't be good at the maths. Yeah. No, the right? maths are for other the people. The maths are too difficult for me. Yeah. Um, and even the, the weird perception that other people have of me <laughs> yeah. as an artist, uh, as I transitioned from uh, dramaturgy to executive directorship, <laughs> yes, it was fascinating to me. Um, and you know what? I haven't, had, I haven't spent a great deal of time on the maths, Right. But that doesn't mean I'm not capable of them. 
yeah. or that budgets aren't just another language. And my whole job for years was interpreting language. Yep. Um, but it was amazing to me even how sort of um, accidentally condescending people would be to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tell about me my ability with the maths. Right. Um, or how hard it must be for me to be with budgets now. <laughs> it's like, right. no, um, you know, uh, I can figure out Excel. Thank you. And, um, and I know when things add up or, or subtract. Um, <laughs> and it's not that, like we're not, there's no actual physics. Like there's not no, no. quantum um, physics. Not, yeah, it's not a, it's, I mean, if, if I say we're supposed to build a spaceship all of a sudden, um, but even then, given some time and the right resources, I might maybe I could figure that out too. Yeah. Not saying I would be able to, but um, but it's interesting to me too that the sort of boxes, and this is part of what's difficult here, is the boxes we put ourselves in, or the whole culture of specialization. Yeah. This is a culture of specialization. It's like, why would you waste waste time and money at university um, studying things that you weren't going to get a job in? Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's a huger societal issue that certainly affects the arts. Yep. You know, and and this and the scarcity issue for that matter. You know what you were just saying. Yeah. No, Part of the think, reason why this is so important yeah. is because there's no money to begin with, right? So there's barely any money to begin with. So the scare so scarcity doesn't exactly scarcity doesn't always lead to generosity. No. And what, what's being called upon here? What's being called for here is a generosity of of um a generosity or, or even the scarcity of time for that matter. Right. Like how much, you know, if there was a, if there was another interest that I wanted to pursue, when would I pursue it? And for that matter, if there was another interest that a lot of people wanted to pursue, when would they, when would they pursue it? And I, I greatly admire people who are, who pursue a passion outside of what they're, what they're doing for work. Cause that is difficult. Um, but I f- and I feel like the the larger sort of call for specialization in all things is hugely problematic, and I think that's that's what's at the core here. Is um, you know how many opportunities, how many opportunities people even feel like they can take, even if they existed, to um, follow artistic impulses or even to view themselves as creative or view themselves as an artist. Yep. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole. Um, you know, there's a whole. It seems like there's a whole industry of of artists right now who are. You know, this is this. This I find really interesting. Who are now going and talking to people who who aren't artists? That's me using my air quotes. Yeah. Um, about how to think creatively, as if they weren't capable of it to begin with. Um, and I'm and I'm. That's. I mean, that's one of the things. That's my doing. racket at yeah, a man. certain level. And it is, you know, one of the things that I like most about that racket at its best, right? At its worst, it is like, you're going to pay me and I'm going to show you my own creativity and, and, and tell you that I can pass on some of my heroic artisticness into you. Mm-hmm. And that's less interesting. The more interesting is that creativity is actually just a set of processes Mm -hmm. and I can teach some of those processes 
and I can model some behavior that makes those processes easier, right? Like it yeah. is easier to, if you are comfortable with ambiguity, like if you are at the early stages of a contemporary dance performance, mm -hmm. creation process, mm -hmm. or for that matter, designing a new application, being comfortable with ambiguity is really good. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're, you know, if you want to lock down all the features and benefits of your performance and or application at the very beginning, then that's, you know, that's a style of work, but it is not the most creative uh, in terms of the people then further down the line. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I'm absolutely in that, that space. And it is to try the way that I can think about it and feel good about it is that it is talking about processes and largely actually sharing spreading the word that it's beneficial to design a process specifically for each project like that's actually i feel like my big like no this look we can do anything we want here to make this thing come out we don't yeah. have to do the same route um i think this thing around specialization and variety and breadth is maybe is maybe a, a closer idea because I do think it is part of the big thing. Yeah. And the big thing in this is that there has been a specialization or there was through the 20th century. Like the 20th century and industrialization is in part a journey of specialization. And potentially now we're in the swing back from that culturally mm -hmm. in the world and in, in the West, especially where because I have the computer, because I can be a podcaster and a theater guy and work at Banff. And that's all made possible by, at some levels by technology mm -hmm. that we're in a swing back and the arts is dealing with that swing back, which is the swing back is like, Oh, this isn't a specialized. This is less of a specialized field. There's mm -hmm. still a need for specialists. Yeah. And especially at the research ends of it. But in the middle, I think especially, it's very hard, right? Like to be just sort of okay at it. Because I might be able to be an okay theater director of community. Like if I wanted to direct one theater, one community theater play a year. Mm -hmm. And have another job. Like I would be okay at directing that thing now. I mean, yeah. because of my training and all that. But I could even get okay at that probably. You know, the mediocre is hard. Anyways, the, <laughs> that there is this variety. And that, that goes for the arts too. I mean, the, that, that when we're like, oh, what would ordinary people like is a phrase that drives me crazy. Because it implies that we're not, that I'm not ordinary. Yeah. Or I'm not just as ordinary as everyone else, which is to mm -hmm. say not at all ordinary. <laughs> yeah. You I know? mean, we... And this we is the Harper move, right? This is the conservative government's, you know, well, Canadians don't want this. Ordinary Canadians don't want the arts. Or ordinary Canadians don't want, you know, concern for missing well, that, and, and murdered Aboriginal women, right? Like it's a construction of who the ordinary is. Ordinary Canadians, like it, 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 it dulls and and basically um, underestimates 
like any one of those statements, two sets of two things. One, it underestimates ordinary Canadians, which is insulting. It, yep. it, under, it underestimates the, the breadth of uh, an experience of, of, or, of Canadians, which is just shocking to me. And it also, it also, um, it also places uh, a connotation and an expectation, and and and, a, and again, it's it's ex- extremely uninformed and and just dull. Um, the on the arts, yeah, or even or even, you know, the perception of of any other any group, um, one group not wanting another group, is it diminishes both parties in such a way that that I find um, so insulting. To both parties, that I just uh, that shows a, an absolute lack of understanding, and I think um, I would really I, I would like to never hear that. And certainly, from my from my in my world, mm-hmm. I would like to never hear my if if at all possible, I would like to never hear myself say it yeah. or anyone I work with say it. Yeah. Um, or or try to you know, capture what people, uh, who pe- like a perception of, of, you always, always have to question our assumptions about who people are or what something is. And that, that's to me is, is where, you know, part of what, what's being talked about here is, um, you know, the, the assumption, like making assumptions that artists are special or making assumptions that, um, we are or are not understood by the by the G, by the old GP, um, like the like the general public, which right. we all know are, are one giant force that are the, exactly the same. And um, the problem, and, and and the fear, that the and part of why this conversation in England is really popping right now is that there was just a report that I I linked to, and I think cut and paste something into Skype mm-hmm. yesterday. This Warwick report, which largely says like get arts back in the school like that's that's its sort of main outcome yeah. actually uh but one of the ones that gets talked about only by certain people like the report describes arts audiences as overwhelmingly middle class and white it says that the wealthiest best educated and least ethnically diverse eight percent of society make up nearly half of live music audiences and a third of theater goers and gallery visits and that's the problem is that if, if the general public is actually only 8%, like when we say the general public, <laughs> hmm. when, when that term gets used, what we actually mean these days is about, you know, maybe 15% of the population. And that's, and that's tricky. <laughs> that's, that's not perhaps the best strategy for the world that I want to live in. While at the same time acknowledging that I don't, that that's my audience and that's my background, not, not in terms of actual wealth or political outlook, but certainly educational background. Like, you know, both my parents have graduate degrees. Mm-hmm. It was assumed I was going to go to university. Um, yeah, I mean, I think these these problems are, I don't know the answers, but I do think that there's something in being open to a lack of specialization and an importance of the generalization that allows you to be good at maths 
and allows someone who's so good at maths that they made a choice in high school about which career to take to also be fairly heavily invested in and participate in the arts mm. as a maker and as a watcher and as a friend, right? That those, those things are not, those silos are just unhelpful. They are the radical helpful. conclusion that maybe we we can end on mm -hmm. silos less not good, helpful. not helpful, <clears throat> except in you know making Model T Fords mm -hmm. in the appropriate amount of time, but we're not making Model Perhaps T Fords. Yes, uh, you know we're not even not anymore. No, no, they just don't run in the cold. Uh, no. So so maybe we should end there, Vicky. It's not could, a world for Model T Fords. That's, no. There you go. That that's the that's the radical conclusion we're, Not, we're ending yeah. with. Nobody rides no horses. Model. No more Model T Fords, and nobody rides horses to Montreal anymore. Where can where can people find more of you on the internet? Well, on Twitter, I'm at Vicky Stroich. And how do you um, spell that? Spell that out. Oh, that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's V I C K I S T R O I C H. That's nice. me. That's you. And I'm Jacob Zimmer at Jacob Zimmer. J-C-O-B-Z-I-M-M-E-R uh, on, on the Twitter this this with this podcast with with the notes show notes are at smallwoodenshoe.org if people if you want to uh, go to the iTunes and give us a high rating uh, that would be great it's a nice way to pass around the notice your friends but also just sharing if you have something that you would like us to talk about or questions those are welcome too um, so yeah that's smallwoodandchew.org or iTunes and Bruji podcast will be there right away thanks Vicky thanks Jacob thanks for getting up and, and sharing your breakfast with me up, up and at him man yeah go have some coffee yeah I'm, right. I'm headed there right now okay have a good day you too bye bye Thank you for calling Via Rail Canada. To continue in English, please press 1. Merci pour appeler Via Rail Canada. If you are calling regarding an existing reservation or to make a new reservation, Too fast to handle Nobody 
horses to mine and tree anymore. Okay, we're going to just take this opportunity to have a brief survey of our audience. Um, would you say that uh, nobody rides horses to Montreal anymore because A, they don't like animals, um, because B, Via Rail no longer offers a horse and carriage service, or uh, finally because C, of the Industrial Revolution. So we're just going to do this by a show of hands. Uh, who thinks nobody rides horses to Montreal anymore because A, people don't like animals? Nobody rides horses to Montreal anymore because B, Via Rail no longer offers a horse and carriage service. That's really popular. They really should offer that service. Uh, and finally, who thinks it's because C, the Industrial Revolution? You people are right. That's what trains are for. That's what planes are for. That's what cars are for. Okay, we're gonna take it home.